Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. I'm Kathy Barrett, and welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about how we navigate down the not-so-yellow brick road of life. And life is something we shouldn't do alone. So I invite you to spend the next 30 minutes with me as I reveal what's behind the curtain. All right, today... I have to say, uh, just to make a brief announcement, that, you know, trying on eyeglasses is about as nerve-wracking for me as trying on a bathing suit at the beginning of the season. You know, all of a sudden my attention becomes very focused. I I have a close-up of my face and my body (laughs) and the aging process all at the same time. And normally getting fitted for glasses is just, you know, torturous for me on so many levels. So a few days ago, I found my way into Maximize, and this is so cute. It's M-A-X-I-M-E-Y-E-S. It's a great store with an amazing staff. And the three very creative, adorable, wise men awaited on me, Stephen, Jim, and Pedro, turned being fitted for glasses into an afternoon of joy. They were so... um, artistic and honest with their opinions and we had many good laughs that afternoon and I just wanted to send a thank you to them for making that experience so fun for me. So if you need new glasses, this is the place to go, 200 West 24th Street and it's Maximize, M-A-X-I-M-E-Y-E-S. I love animals. I don't know if you can hear my birds chirping in the background there and I admire the people who dedicate their lives to caring for them. And some interesting facts I wasn't aware of, according to the ASPCA, that there are approximately 5 to 7 million companion animals enter shelters each year. And there are also about 5,000 community shelters nationwide that are independent and not monitored by any governmental agency. Currently, there are no government organizations responsible for tabulating national statistics for the animal rights movements. And the average cost of basic food supplies, medical care, training is approximately uh, $900 a year for a dog or a cat. And I will tell you it's much more for my birds because I know that figure. Um, It is impossible to estimate the stray dogs and cat statistics in the United States. But the ASPCA quotes that there are probably up to 70 million cats alone. Today, I am so fortunate to have Ann Krzyzewski on the program. Ann is a volunteer extraordinaire at the New Fairfield Sherman Animal Welfare Society in Sherman, Connecticut. Ann is also a very accomplished musician and pianist who works in the top orchestras for the biggest shows on Broadway. It just dawned on me um, this morning as I was preparing for the show that I didn't mention that Anne was also a very accomplished real estate agent, and so a renaissance woman who not only takes care of animals, but who finds people shelter as well. 
Anne is with us today to talk about uh, the Sherman Shelter and the world of adoption, and I have been so looking forward to doing this show with you for weeks. And welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I hope my little dog, Rosie, doesn't sob and cry in the background. She's well, my bird is chirping, today. too, so... So I guess it's all appropriate background uh, noise, and uh, yeah. she, mine is chirping because she she definitely wants my attention, and you know, and I'm putting my attention some, somewhere else at the moment, you know. Rosie, so, so same way, right? So, how did the new uh, Fairfield Sherman Animal Welfare Society get founded? Uh, when and and by whom? Can you tell us a little background about well, that? It was founded in 1977, and it actually started, from what I understand, from the history I've read, um, it started as a um, basically a foster home organization where I guess there were a lot of homeless animals just wandering stray in these two communities of New Fairfield and Sherman. And the organization seems to have started with just some grassroots, you know, volunteers just taking these animals into their homes and then trying to find homes, permanent homes, for those animals um, from there. Um, and the original focus of the organization was on spay-neuter, um, which back in the 70s, you know, was very, it was not what it is today. You know, there wasn't the level of awareness. So that was a big focus of those early days. And then they also ultimately wanted to build a shelter facility. So it was sort of a three-pronged focus early on, was to build the facility, get people to start focusing on spay-neuter, and, you know, to house these stray animals in foster homes. Um, and this early group of people, they really succeeded in all of that, because we do have a facility now, and there's much more awareness about spay-neuter, and there are much fewer, uh, there are far fewer stray animals wandering around. So they, they That's great. Well, I I read uh, also one of those uh, statistics was only 10% of the animals received by shelters have been sprayed or neutered, and about 75% of owned pets are neutered. Does that ring true for your shelter? That's an interesting statistic. I wasn't aware of that um, per se, but... Um, you know, I'm certainly not surprised, and I bet that it is an accurate statistic. Um, you know, that's a statistic that's probably a national statistic. Yeah, it is a national, uh, for sure. And there are certainly areas of the country where spay-neuter is uh, is not commonly done. Um, yeah. Areas south where people just haven't, they either haven't gotten the message or they're philosophically opposed to it. There are still people that are, you know, they feel very strongly that animals you know, that children should be able to watch animals, you know, uh, whatever, reproduce, and that it's a great lesson. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. So certainly in areas of the country that are not doing it, they're raising that, that percentage of animals that are going into shelters unneutered um, or unsaved. Um, it's not so much the case with us um, because people up here in this part of the country have gotten that message. So when we have animals surrendered to us, many times they are already altered. Um, and then animals that we take in, um, you know, a lot of times they're altered also. So we don't see that statistic, per like, up here in the Northeast as much right. as I think 
by another and and what drew you to volunteer at the shelter in this particular shelter the the basic story is that I moved to this area um, about eight years ago, and I was just looking, you know, looking for new activities in this community that I was new to. And I had volunteered when I lived in the city. I had volunteered at shelters there. And so I found this shelter up here, New Fairfield Sherman Animal Welfare, and started volunteering, you know, just as something, a way to connect with my new community. Um, mm-hmm. But I also have a family history of volunteering. I sort of inherited it a little bit from some, well, from my great aunt Mildred on my mother's side. She was a tremendous volunteer, and I think I've inherited a bit of it from her. Um, I, you know, I think there's a little bit of a genetic thing going on, but um, <laughs> that's a good. On a surface level, it was just to find something to do with my spare time up here in Connecticut. But you also have a love for animals. I mean, if you're, you're, I, I, whenever I look at your oh, van, I'm I mean, like, oh, my God, you're like a portable station. <laughs> Advertising no, for loving. Definitely, yeah. you know, if I'm going to volunteer somewhere, it's going to be something with animals most likely. So it was yes, the obvious choice was this animal shelter that's down the road from my house. So made it very easy. And then what is the agency's philosophy on running the shelter in terms of caring for the animals? Well, we're very we're very fortunate because we have a great staff, um, you know, a true animal loving staff. You know, they're they are people who have animals at their own homes and they just really know how to take care of animals as pets. And that's really how we treat the animals at our shelter. We treat them like our pets. And um you know, honestly, the shelter is probably, we keep it so clean, it's probably cleaner than my house at this point. Um, <laughs> no, it's just it's very, very well maintained. And, you know, the animals, we have a big yard that's fenced in, and so the dogs can spend time out in the yard many hours a day. Um uh-huh. We also temperament test the dogs, so if there are dogs that get along well with each other, they can go out and play together. Um, and so oh, that's, that's great. great. And that's probably more more time outside than my dog spends outside. And then the cats have sort of um, run of our cat room. Um, they do have cages where they sleep and where they are while we're cleaning. But when the cleaning is done, the anim- the cats are allowed to just get out and you know, walk around in the room. We have climbing trees and, um, you know, cat tower, those carpeted things. Um, so they have a pretty good time over there. We usually have a cat. I was going to say, it sounds like a, I'm sorry, it sounds like a hotel you wouldn't want to check out of. No, they want to check out. <laughs> they definitely want to check out and go have, you know, run of the whole house somewhere. But they're definitely, you know, in pretty good shape while they're with us. They're not, you know, they're definitely not. There's a there's a sort of misconception with a lot of shelters that, you know, people say, well, I don't want to go to the shelter because it's going to be sad. It's going to make me sad. And I think, you know, if you come to our shelter, you don't you don't feel that. You see the animals are having a pretty nice time. But that's, yeah. it's not to say that they don't want to be adopted. They certainly want to be adopted. No, of course. Of course. But uh, at least they, you know, they're... You're giving them not only a, a loving environment, but 
you know, they're not locked up in cages. You know, they're they're really enjoying their lives until that adoption happens. So that's a wonderful thing. How do the animals come to you? Do you rescue them as well, or what's that process like? Well, there are a few answers, and I tend to get, I tend to go on too long about this, so you'll have to shut me up. Simple, <laughs> okay. simple answers are cats, cats and dogs are viewed differently as far as how, how they're defined as being property. Um, cats are often brought to us, people find a cat in their yard or whatever, and they bring it to us and say, here, I have this cat. So that's how we get cats. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, sometimes they often, uh, sometimes they also will dump a cat on our doorstep, which is not a very good idea because that cat is in danger until we arrive at the shelter the next day. So we don't advise people to dump cats at our shelter. They can just bring us cats. Um, and then the other thing is sometimes people become elderly or people become ill or people have to move or whatever their circumstance may be and they need to give away their cats so they'll bring us their cats. As far as dogs, it's a different thing. Dogs are owned by people, and so if your dog gets loose and is running around stray, animal control will pick up the dog. Um, you know, if someone calls and says, there's this dog in my yard, animal control comes and gets it. And then that dog stays at animal control for a period of time while the owner has an opportunity to come and claim it. If the owner, sorry, that was my call waiting. If the owner doesn't come to claim it, we take that dog at our shelter. So we get dogs that way. We also get dogs who are surrendered by people who are elderly, that whole category again. Um, right. And we also rescue dogs from other shelters that are overcrowded or that are high-kill shelters. Um, and we, you know, screen these dogs very carefully before they come to us to make sure that they'll be okay with us and that they'll be placed in a home rather quickly. Um, so dogs, it's a whole different matter between dogs and cats, but those are the basic answers. Okay. Um, so let's talk about adoption for a second. Um, what What is the process of adoption at your shelter? What do people need to know if they're interested in coming in and adopting one of the animals? Well, they should start, perhaps, by looking on our website. And I think you have our website on on the little screen there. I think you put it on yes. there. But it's, it's nfsaw.petfinder.com. And if you go to that website, it has all the information about the shelter, all of our contact information, everything. But there's also a link where you can look and see what pets we have at our shelter at any given time. So that's a good place to start because you can look and see if we have a pet that interests you. If we do, the next step is to is to fill out an application. And we have a lot, most reputable shelters have a pretty long application. It's several pages long. It asks a lot of questions. And the reason it asks all those questions is that there's a lot of stuff we need to know to make sure that you're the right home for this pet. You know, the way we view it is that this pet, we're responsible for the well-being of this pet. And that includes where we send it to live, you know, for its forever home. 
Um, so we're not going to just, we can't just place a pet with just any old person. <laughs> we need to know yeah. to take it to that, and we need to know that you have, you know, appropriate space in your yard if it's a large dog that needs to run. Um, we need to know if you have an apartment, like if your landlord permits pets, we need to know that. Um, you know, if you had a previous pet that passed away under some mysterious circumstance, we need to know that. So there's a lot of information we need to know. And some people come in and see the application and, and say, this is too long, I don't want to fill this out. And we say, okay, you know, bye. Um, because this is information we need to know to protect the pet. Um, well, it's good for you. Because if they don't have the you know the wherewithal to take the time to fill out the application, they're not going to have the patience to give the animal a very good home, really, if you think about it. I mean, I think it's a great step for people to take so that they can pause and really go, okay, what is this going to mean for me to bring this animal home? You know, what, are the, what is the cost going to be? What is my time commitment? A lot of people I know, especially with birds, they will think, oh, that's great, I'll buy this bird, and they think they can stick it in a cage, and that's the end of it. You know, it's like they need so much love and attention and care, and it's the same thing with dogs and cats and hamsters and or, or whatever animal you're going to take home and, and um, care for as a pet. Anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, that's exactly right. And And people see the question about, you know, are you confident that you can pay for this animal's care over the course of 15 years or something? And sometimes people all of a sudden go, oh, you know, wait, this is something I haven't really thought about. Or, you know, right. there does raise those questions. And then there are also things like, you know, sometimes your pet may have an accident in the house or sometimes, you know, your pet might become ill at an, you know, inopportune time for you. And those are things that you have to think about, you know, there's a level of patience that's required. And, um, you know, that filling out that application is sort of the first, you know, little experiment in the level of patience that you have. Um, you know, I'm making it sound really daunting. It's really not. It's not like a 40-page application. But it is several pages, right. and it's sometimes more than people are expecting. But it's really a necessary thing. You can ask any anyone working at, at a you know, reputable animal shelter. And there's a, a little thing that goes around on Facebook from time to time which sort of addresses why all these questions are necessary. And um, it's it's funny, but it's also very true. So that's the process. And then you apply, and we, you know, we do check your vet reference, and we do check, you know, there, we review the application for a few days just to really to make sure that the animal is really right for your home. And most uh -huh. of the time, a large percentage of the time, everything is perfectly fine and we're so happy to have people, you know, adopting from us and it's, you know, a very happy thing when when they're approved and they come to get the pet and everything goes smoothly. So, oh, yeah, that was a beautiful making moment. It much more daunting than it is. It's really, you know... No, I don't think so at all. I mean, it's, you know, but I mean, I can't imagine anybody just thinking they can just walk in and not do any kind of a process. You know, that would be scary, you know, um, on the other end of it, you know, to just think, oh, sure, you know. There are certainly shelters that are less fortunate than we are where they are completely overwhelmed 
Um, you know, these are shelters in urban environments, and, and sometimes those application processes are less stringent because they are, you know, they feel so fortunate to have, you know, for any opportunity for these animals. You know, they don't, they don't check every single thing. But we're very fortunate that we, you know, we're really able to um, assess the quality of the home so that the animal will be right. in the possible situation. And we also want no, the I think that's you know, a lot of times we are acting in the best interest of the owner too. You know, if if an owner wants a certain breed that is, you know, very high maintenance or something, and we're aware that the owner works long hours or something like that, we're really doing the, the potential owner a favor by saying, you know, this animal is really not a good fit for you. Um, Absolutely. So let's right. talk about the uh, the animals we have pictures of because I want to get that in. We have uh, I know you have many, many, many more, but we we kind of chose uh, Skippy and Cricket and Reggie. Uh, which uh, can you tell us a little bit about? Um, we have a little more than nine minutes left. Just just share with us, you know, how um, one or all of them came to you. Some stories about uh, the animals. Anybody out there is listening might be interested in bringing one of them home. Well, this is actually, it's a great little threesome that we have here because um, Reggie, I'll keep it short, but he came from a very, very high kill shelter um, actually in my mother's hometown. Um, we work with a lady down there who rescues um, dogs from that shelter and then fosters them at her home until she can find a safe shelter for them to go to. And this dog, Reggie, came to us from there, so he's a very lucky boy. Um, he's 10 months old, and we're really just puzzled as to why he has not been adopted. He's such a great dog, and he loves to play, and he's just a very happy boy. Um, right now he's in a foster home um, with one of our volunteers, and we're doing a promotion. Best Friends Animal Society in Utah is sponsoring a promotion called Back in Black, and it runs until September 17th. And it's a national thing. A lot of shelters across the country are participating. And if an animal is, they're saying, at least 50% black, that animal is 50% off um, the adoption fee until September 17th. So Reggie is almost all black, so he falls into that category. So he's Great. on sale. <laughs> he's on sale until September 17th. <laughs> um, then Cricket... Um, she is an example of a cat that was left on our doorstep. One morning our staff arrived and there was Cricket. And again, it's very lucky that she survived because who knows what creatures might have come along during the night. But she did. And she's been with us a while. Now Cricket, she's seven years old and she's declawed. Now a lot of people want a declawed cat. We don't advocate declawing. But certainly we sometimes end up with cats who are already declawed. Um, and so if you're looking for a declawed cat, Cricket is one. She is a little bit of a diva. She <laughs> likes to have her way, so sometimes, you know, she lets you know that. But she's our sort of mascot cat. She lives, she spends most of her time out in our office um, ruling the roost there. Now, again, she, <laughs> She's a black cat, so she's on sale until September 17th also. And then Skippy. Um, Skippy is a feral. He started off as a feral cat. 
cat. Um, his mother was feral, and he was found outside with his two siblings. And he's been with us for a while, and he's in a foster care, um, a foster home. And we have these ladies who have this foster home, and they are very good at working with feral cats and um, getting them socialized so that they are more adoptable. And Skippy has reached a point, you know, where he, you know, he needs a patient adopter, someone who'll give him time to settle in. But uh-huh. he's definitely no longer feral. Um, at this point, I would just call him shy. But he does have these two things. And we are also, for the month of August, running what's called our Best Feline Friend promotion. And that's if you adopt one cat, you get that cat's Best Feline Friend for free. And Skippy does have two siblings. So if you take Skippy, you can have one of Skippy's siblings for free. Wow. And also, I want to point out that we do have this foster. Sometimes we do need foster families. So if you're interested in fostering, also there are many shelters across the whole state of Connecticut that need foster families. So if you're interested in fostering, you know, please contact us, and we can give you more information. Even if it's not for us, we're in contact with other shelters that need foster families. It's a great way to have a pet without having the full responsibility of having a pet. You know, if you're not able to commit long-term, um, mm-hmm. short-term foster opportunities. I just want to point out, I'm speaking, I'm sorry, I'm speaking to Ann Kraszewski from the new Fairfield Sherman Animal Welfare Society. If you're interested in adoption or being a foster uh, parent for one of these animals, go to www.nfsaw.patfinder.com for more information. And uh, that's right. I never, you know, I that's really great that you have um, foster homes. I, I really didn't think of that before. I don't know why, but it is a great way, um, you know, for people to kind of have an animal short term, and it, it serves a wonderful purpose for the animal as well. Uh, you know, to be in that home and until they can um, find a permanent residence. So, how many? How long do the animals normally stay when they come to you? Is there any kind of average time, or it varies? I don't think there's an average. I mean, I'm sure there is an average. There's by definition an average time, but I don't know what it is. Um, it really varies widely. Um, kittens and puppies, you know, they arrive and they go. I mean, it's just so quick. Um, huh. And then there, most of the dogs that come to us who are, you know, very normal and socialized and healthy and, you know, or cats for that matter, cats that are just normal cats that want to play and want to be cats and dogs that want to be dogs, they get adopted fairly quickly from us. We have a very good um, turnover. The animals that stay with us longer are the ones that have, you know, some sort of issue. Um Sometimes, you know, as animals or as any of us get older, you might develop some sort of chronic health condition or something. And so there may be a medication that the animal has to take on a daily basis. And some people are daunted by that. Even though it's something that's very, very easy, some people just are daunted by that. Um, Right. Or there may be an animal like Cricket, you know, this black cat that's at our shelter, where, you know, she is a little bit of a diva. And... um, you know, she wants to be a certain way, and if that's just not a good fit for people, 
you know, there's a smaller adopter pool for that kind of animal. Um, well, I know I know plenty of divas out there. So if you're tuned in <laughs> listening today, this cat is the perfect match for you because I think it would be wonderful for a diva to be living with a diva. I think two divas kind of, you know, match each other perfectly. And wow. I can't believe that there's like two minutes left to the program. And we, you know, I just wanted to quickly, are there any events uh, coming up that you want to mention that people should know about and come out to? Well, we have these two adoption. We have these two promotions going on right now. There's more um, information about all of this on our website, so everything is there. Great. We also have our fall bake sale on October 1st, and there's information about that. And we also have a Pennies for Paws fundraiser that starts October 3rd, and there's more information about that. Our our um, website has absolutely everything. Everything. A lot of different ways yeah. you can help, even if you can't. Awesome. You have been unbelievable as uh, a guest. I hope you'll come back with us. Um, my wish for this week is that every animal find a home. And if adoption is not uh, for you, then think about being a foster parent or make an, a donation to the new Fairfield Sherman Shelter or one of your choice. No amount is too small, and every little bit helps. And thank you so much for being with the program, Anne, and thank you for all you do uh, in, you know, for the animals. We really appreciate it. And um, Okay, we, we invite you to join us uh, or fan us uh, on Facebook. If you missed us live, you can listen to the show in archives. Go BehindTheCurtain.com website. You can listen to the shows or blogtalkradio.com behind the curtain. Um, you can also uh, hear us in the archives. I'd love to be your office mate. This is a no-calorie show, so have us for lunch. We're on every Tuesday at noon. Next week, tune in to be inspired because Theater Breaking Through Barriers will be here, and I will be interviewing the very talented Nicholas Vaselli, actor, director, and core company member of TBTB. I recently saw their production of The Sum of All Parts, which was seven 10-minute plays centered around the subject of living with disabilities this summer. Phenomenal. Great evening at the theater. Amazing performances. This company is groundbreaking work, so be sure to tune in because you will not want to miss it. Hey, thank you for tuning in. I know how precious 30 minutes in anyone's day is, and I do not take your listening for granted. This is Kathy Barrett sending you love from behind the curtain. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll tune in. And until then... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.